What is up, all you Six Sad Film Club members? Welcome back. We are here with a new episode of Six Sad Film Club. We are your favorite 90s and 2000s pop culture and film podcast. Guys, how are you doing? I'm great. Um, I'm S. Shannon, a writer and artist living in Houston, Texas. (laughs) I'm also doing great. I'm a... I'm an A, Anna Laurie, in Los Angeles. I'm an actor. and also doing Swell. <laughs> Yay. And I am, <laughs> I am the dear Dominique. I am a DJ and model living in Houston, Texas. And yeah. And how are you? Yes. I'm, you know what? I'm doing good. I've been so lazy this weekend, you guys. It's been raining yes. nonstop. It's been so. raining for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm so tired. I love all the snail friends that I'm getting, but I... I can barely keep my eyes open. Rain makes me sleepy. Does it make you guys tired? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Oh, I saw your snail buddies. Yes. Your Cute. Yes. And you, can, you guys can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we are at Six Side Film Club. Um, and we also are the same uh, username on Twitter. Um, and we've got merch. We've got merch, you guys. We've all got some really cool buttons. Um, we have some T-shirts. And we're going to be making bumper stickers soon. Um, I'm very excited. They're going to say like cool movie things like, uh, makeover montage, um, Dom designed one that says president of the fashion club. Annie, if you have any ideas about movie, movie themed, uh, bumper stickers, please. This is an amazing idea. Yes, I'm finding I'm out excited. with the audience. That's so cool. Yes. I can't wait to have a bumper sticker. Yes. Merch is coming, but we already have <laughs> Uh, buttons. We already have buttons and shirts that you can already go and get. So keep an they're eye really, on really, sixsidefilmclub.com. Yes. They're really cute. Really, really cute. Um, have you guys... <laughs> <laughs> ask me, what's up? <laughs> I was going to ask, have you guys been watching anything exciting recently? Like, have you have you been binging a show or watched a good movie recently? Um, I decided that I wanted to hurt myself, so I went back and rewatched season two of Fleabag, um, and I just don't understand why they couldn't be together. It just doesn't work for me. It makes me so upset. <laughs> hot priest, hot priest, hot priest. What about you, Annie? What have you been watching? Um, I watched, and I actually have been meaning to text you about this, Shannon um, and Dom. Did you like Buffy, Dom? Oh, um, I, I love Buffy. I'm currently rewatching Buffy right now. What oh, season? nice. Mm-hmm. What season? Season two. Season, season two? two? Okay, you're still in high school. That's amazing. Yeah. Have Have y'all um, heard of The Nevers yet? Uh-uh. Oh, is that on HBO? Yes. I've seen and the commercial or the trailer. By the same guy, and it's actually very good. Oh, What's Joss Whedon? Joss Whedon. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. He's in trouble right now, but yeah. he. I like yeah. his writing. I like uh, Cabin in the Woods, I think, was an, was a horror movie he did that, like, starts off pretty normal, but then it, like, goes in a totally different direction. Uh, oh. Creative. Yeah. Okay, Dom, what have you been watching? Um, so I've been watching Buffy. That's kind of been my, like, late night, right before bed television show. Um, it's me so I love Yeah. Oh, I love the X-Files, too. But <laughs> Buffy is, like... Because, like, I like watching scary shit, but once, like, it gets dark outside, I, like, live by myself, so I can't watch, like, too scary shit mm-hmm. at night. Like, I can't watch, like, my true crime documentaries at night. Yeah, I'm no, so scared true. that, like, the perpetrator is going to come get me um, <laughs> while I'm trying to sleep peacefully in my bed. So I, I've been having to watch, like, Buffy because it's still mild. It's, it's a little wild, but it's still mild. 
Um, and then like today I watched this movie with Anne Hathaway and the funny lady from uh, Bridesmaids called The Hustle. <gasps> oh, I like that movie. It was so <laughs> funny. I didn't think I would laugh so much, but I was, I was like rolling on the floor laughing my ass off at this movie. So um, that was a good watch. So Shannon, if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest. The Hustle, that's where they're like, it's like a buddy movie. Um, no, it's, it's like a, um, heist? like heist, heist. the other scammers and Anne oh. Hathaway has like a really funny sounding, um, British accent. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's really funny. Did you watch that quarantine movie with Anne Hathaway? I did not. I did not. From 12 years a slave. I, I wasn't a fan of all the quarantine themed, uh, stuff. <laughs> That was coming out. The only, I will, okay, I will say, and this leads into our movie that we're going to be discussing today, the only quarantine-themed thing, entity, that I enjoyed was Charlie XCX's album, How I'm Feeling Now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to that, I know, Shannon, you're new to the XCX um, boat, so that is a good one to listen to if you're looking for some bangers to rock out to at home. But her debut album is kind of like not based on the film, but it's oh. named, named after the film. Okay. Yeah. I guess this movie has like a cult following. Uh, yeah. Oh, well let's introduce this movie. It is true romance, true romance, true romance. Um, <gasps> true romance okay. A movie about uh, love at first sight in Detroit, followed by a lot of consequences. Uh, yeah, that's how I would say that. Um, let's get into some stats, Annie. Okay, everybody, here's some stats. 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 <laughs> okay, True Romance um, came out in 1993. It was written by Quentin Tarantino, but he did not direct it. Mm-hmm. Which but he did manage to get in some anti-black, uh, you yeah. know. Things that he has to get into every of his movies, all of them. He got right. a little, a little uh, speech in there. Literally all of them. All of them. He's like, excuse me, guys. He's like, and it sucks because he's so talented. But like, it's just always whenever you watch one of the movies, at me as a black person, I'm like, oh, this was not meant for me to enjoy it. I guess not fully. Which is so crazy because I've so I went and watched like countless. Quentin Tarantino interviews because I just wanted to understand where he was coming from with this word Um, because I feel like it's so easy just to like label everyone racist and although I do find some of him a lot of his films to be racist I don't know if I necessarily find Quentin Tarantino to be racist Um, because like if you listen to like his interviews and like his reasonings behind certain things it's it's understandable sometimes to an extent, but it's like, like for this movie specifically, like the usage of the hard R N word was so unnecessary because like Drexel, who's like the Jamaican white black guy with locks is like saying the hard R. And it's like, if you're supposed to be this white guy who thinks he's black, who only hangs out and surrounds himself around black people, you wouldn't be saying Nigar, you would be saying <laughs> nigga. You know, so that's like not to like jump to your head. Yeah. yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. And I like I honestly believe that Quentin Tarantino thinks he's black. Like I find I see a lot of Quentin Tarantino and the character Drexel. 
And like, if you watch his interviews, sometimes the way he talks, I'm like, oh, this man thinks he's black. Like he thinks he's the whitest black man on this planet. Um, So do I think he's racist? No. Do I think he's problematic? Absolutely. But we'll, we'll get more into that once we get more into the movie. I just needed to say that. (laughs) Totally. Um, I agree. (laughs) 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 He thinks he's smarter than, than, and above, I think in a way too, Mm -hmm. which is problematic to say the least. Um, so yeah, he wrote this, (laughs) um, uh, it's starring Christian Slater, uh, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, I mean, um, what's his name? Tony Soprano's in this. Oh, shit. <laughs> Was it Christopher Walken? Christopher Walken, Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. Oldman, <laughs> Val Kilmer. Just, like, the list goes on and on. It's Daniel like Jackson, a lot of, always. And this mm-hmm. is 1993, so it's, like, these are a yeah. lot of budding people as far as, like, incoming household names, I think. Um, the... Budget for this movie was thirteen million, and opening weekend it made four million, and worldwide it grossed thirteen million. Um, so it kind of only broke even. <laughs> um, oh, so it's like a it's like an indie-ish movie, like um, smaller level, I guess. Not a big book box office. Yeah, <laughs> I was kind of like surprised because like I had heard of this movie from you, Shannon. Yeah, uh, and like uh, Shannon, your tagline was even more succinct, and I liked it better. But the tagline <laughs> online is "In Detroit, a lonely pop culture geek marries a call girl, steals cocaine from her pimp, and tries to sell it in Hollywood. Meanwhile, the owners of the cocaine, the mob, track them down in an attempt to reclaim it." That's like a really long <laughs> tagline. Yeah. Um, that's a synopsis. That's the whole summary. Yes. the entire thing add in some violence and that's the movie um so in 1993 uh bill clinton became the 42nd president of the united states there actually weren't a lot of violent movies as far as like movies that came out that year it was like jurassic park and mrs doubtfire and sleepless in seattle were the big ones oh. um so yeah this one was-, was in his bag yes <laughs> Ta- collecting it was hank's Hour, yes, yes, hour. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, I think that's all I got for um stats. Thanks, Do you know guys. what? Yeah, of course. Do you know what year <laughs> um natural born killers came out? Is this a pop quiz? No, oh, I, uh, also, no, no, no I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's one of those no, that I've heard the name of but haven't seen. You Natural know? born. May I Google now? Of course. Okay, so I guess time for a random Dom fact, fun fact. Um, Natural Born Killers is actually a movie that kind of goes hand in hand with this one. Um, in the original script that Quentin wrote, he actually had. Um, Clarence writing the scripts for natural born killers when him and Alabama were like on the run. So they ended up breaking it up into two movies. Cause it just like ended up being too long. And like, I don't remember the specifics, but it just didn't end up working out that way. Um, so it's, it's two different movies. It's um, natural born killers and also true romance, but it also kind of ties into reservoir dogs too. Like there's okay. a tie in, with Reservoir Dogs. So it's a cool little 
universe that Tarantino created that all these movies kind of tie into. No, I mean, of course, he's a very talented filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so I just looked it up. It came out the next year in 1994. Oh, uh, I yeah. like Reservoir Dogs. I've only seen it the one time, though, but I, I do like it. I, I like, um, and I don't, I don't think Tarantino had a choice in this, in this movie, since this is not his movie, but it is the same uh, color. I love his color of blood, his choice of the color blood. It's like a, it's like a bright red. It's very campy. Um, and it fits his films really well. Wes Craven, the guy who does Scream, has like a purpley red. It's like a little bit darker. Um, but yeah, he has got one of my favorite blood colors. I I also like the blood colors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Good, good, good call out. Yeah. Um, have you guys seen Natural Born Killers? Uh-uh. Okay. No. So I'm going to assign that to you guys for homework. Um, I think it's also <laughs> on Amazon Prime. Is there any anti-blackness in it? Um, probably. (laughs) If if Tarantino's attached to the film. Why though? Why? Why is that his personal mission? So I was watching this interview where Quentin Tarantino was talking specifically about the like speech that's in this film. Um, when he's when the dad, the cop, the pig is talking to the mob, and he's talking about like the nigger blood. This moment in the well, one of the tensest moments in the movie. Yeah. Yes, um, that's actually based on an actual conversation that Quentin Tarantino had with someone. Uh, this guy named Big D. Can you hear that? And Big D watched it in their living room, and Big D hadn't seen it at the theaters. And is why well, Big D was still alive. It's and they were watching the scene and. His speech starts, and then and my mom told me, and I, I can hear him say it. Big D was like, hey, you know, that shit's true. Yeah, I, you know, I told Quentin that shit. I told uh-huh. Quentin that shit when he's just a little bitty boy. He's 11 years old. I remember telling him that shit, but that shit's true. I'm glad that shit's out there. People should know that shit. Um, so uh, Big D- that's, the, uh, that's the black scent. That, I'm mad that it's. Oh my god! I'm yeah. mad that it's a good. Black no, scent. no. Quentin Tarantino has a good black scent, and yeah. I'm mad about it too because he tells a story of basically like being raised by you know black people and growing up around black people in the small town in Tennessee. So I think he feels like because he was like born in the culture or grew up in the culture, he kind of has like a past to say this word and get away with writing this word for his characters. And like, it's, he just reminds me of every non-black person that I went to school with who was obsessed with saying nigger or nigga, you know? And it's like, just so weird. And it's, you can't, you can't argue your right to say that word. It's just not right. Um, do I give him a pass in his films? Sometimes, because it's like, I understand that he's writing real-life characters from real-life places, and America's a really racist country. So if you're writing these characters to be as real as possible, a lot of people are racist. A lot of people are anti-Black. A lot of people love to say the N-word with the hard R when Black people aren't around, or even when Black people are around. So like, I kind of get that part of it but it's it's just so excessive it's to an extent where it's like what like i i get you have a foot fetish but do you also have like an inward fetish no yeah you definitely yes. yeah you know like it's it's i don't know it was so uncomfortable to watch and it took me out of the enjoyment or like the fun of the movie because once it gets to that that scene where he is doing the speech i just get so lost because it's like 
I, I just get so uncomfortable. Like it's just uncomfortable to watch and to like be subjected to. Do you guys remember where you were when you first watched this movie? I probably uh, saw this movie in college uh, for the first time. Definitely didn't watch it as a kid or my parents never showed it to me. Uh, uh, probably just in my searching through Christian Slater's acting uh, <laughs> IMDb, I probably found this movie and probably thought that uh, the cover looked cute. Cause I'm sure, I mean, I've always really liked Alabama style. So I'm sure that's why I watched it. It's pretty much why I watch movies now just to look at pretty clothes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's me. What about you, Annie? You showed it to me in college when we were roommates. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I had never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Shannon showed me a lot of cool movies. Love with, that. yeah, great clothes. Love that. My um, The first time I heard about this movie, I didn't even know that... Okay, so I my entry to this movie was Charlie XCX because her debut album is called True Romance. And she was talking about it in an interview and she was just saying that it was her favorite film. So I was like, okay, it is now my mission to watch this movie because if Charlie XCX loves it and she named her debut album after it, it has to be a great movie. Um, and then in her like mixtape that she has called Super Ultra, she has a song called Velvet Dreaming. And in the beginning of the song, it's like the um, scene where he gets back from killing Drexel and he's like uh, yelling at her, yelling at Alabama. And he's like, would you rather it been me? Like, do you love him? Do you fucking love him? Yes. And I was like, what is this? I love this. This is so like romantic. Um, and then I figured out that it was it was the um, speech from True Romance. I was like, okay, I have to watch this movie now. So actually my first time watching this film was last year. During oh. Yeah. First yeah, time. Pretty, I guess it's pretty underrated. I mean, I know they, they dress, somebody dressed like her in Euphoria, so maybe it's not that underrated. I don't know. And also a lot of like, I feel like it influenced fashion a lot. And we'll yes. kind of touch on that later on. But um, like, I see a lot of like, Alabama's influence in Jeremy Scott's work for Moschino um, and even his solo stuff that he's done. All right, Success Film Club. So we are dying to know where were you in 1993 when this film came out and what were you doing the first time you watched it? Were you being born like I was? (laughs) Were you you learning your ABCs like I was? Or were you super late to the game and trying to pass your classes in college? (laughs) Like I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we want to hear from you guys. So drop us a line at successfilmclub at gmail.com or you can go follow us, stalk us, DM us, like our pictures, comment on our pictures at Success Film Club at, on Instagram and Twitter. All right, let's get into this recap. So, True Romance starts off in a bar. We've got um, Clarence, who's played by Christian Slater, talking about Elvis to this blonde lady at the bar. Um, She looks a lot like uh, Patricia Arquette's character. Uh, He invites her to a movie marathon, which apparently is something that he does on his birthday. He goes to see uh, three kung fu movies in a row. 
she declines and she leaves. Um, and then we get like this voiceover from Patricia Arquette. And she also, this is a bookend voiceover because she also does the, the outro. Are you guys voiceover fans or narration fans? When it's done right. Was it done right for you? <laughs> I, I, I liked it in this movie. I did. I thought it like, I, I liked everything about this movie except for the speech. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, I thought it worked for this movie. But I also wanted to ask, did you guys get like high fidelity vibes in the beginning of this film? Like, did he remind you of Rob a little bit? Oh. Uh, that. Only, only that he works at a comic store, that he's like a grown man who's like, well, not that it's wrong to work at a comic book store, but that... Um, He's like showing it off like it's so cool. I guess that he would bring a date there is why I'm like, okay, you're a grown man. Like, please chill. <laughs> um, it just yeah. it, it reminded yeah. me of the quote um, that we talked about in our uh, high fidelity episode, where it's like, "What you like is more important than who you are." Okay. Um, and so, just like the passion that he has when he talks about Elvis and how like Elvis is so like basically how he would like suck the farts out of Elvis's ass, um, but no homo. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, wow, me with the Spice Girls. Um, I get that. But it was just like, <laughs> wow, you you definitely remind me of Rob from High Fidelity. Both of them. Both Rob. And, and also the ensemble. On the Hawaiian. This is like Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. Yep. But um, also, okay, another fun fact. Do you guys know that they, so Elvis's camp, denied them using his likeness or his music in the film which is why we never see like his yeah his face and we don't hear like actual elvis music and at the end credits um he's like credited as mentor and not elvis oh my gosh Mm but they named the baby elvis yes they did name the baby elvis which and that's actually patricia arquette's actual son oh he's really cute i know i know Okay. Well, hey, thanks, Tarantino, for giving us a lesson on how to get around. <laughs> yeah, for real. Because, like, every, we still do it was Elvis. You know, <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. They were always talking about. Yeah. Did it you worked. Like, did you like the voiceover, Annie? Um, when you say the voiceover, do you mean the Elvis thing? Oh, no, sorry. I went back to uh, Alabama's voiceover in the beginning. Oh, I mean, yeah. I like a voiceover. It's very 90s. Mm-hmm. Do you like the voiceover, Shannon? Um, I think it's okay. I think what I don't really like is that, like, Alabama doesn't really have, like, much of a personality besides just wanting to be, like, on his dick all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> True. And so, like, you know, doesn't pass the Bechdel test in that way, but I guess I wouldn't expect for it to. Um, but, yeah. So, they, we get to the movie theater and Christian Slater is in front um, and, you know, she enters and uh, Alabama enters and she ends up like walking behind him and spilling her popcorn all over him, which, you know, leads to a conversation. Uh, she ends up sitting next to him and he's, you know, telling her everything that she missed in the movie. Um, and then three Kung Fu movies later, they're like play fighting outside the, uh, the movie theater and, she invites him to go get pizza and you know that's just it like true romance love that's that's it from the beginning um so they get to a diner was it pizza or was it pie pie okay well they yeah they end up at a diner so i guess it is 
pie. I just thought they meant pizza. Um, <laughs> a slice of pie. Uh, they get they're at a diner and they're still bonding. Um, I'd say like in a Tarantino movie or a Tarantino script, um, the dialogue. There's so much dialogue, and um, usually the dialogue kind of has nothing to do with uh, the plot. Like there's usually a lot of plot, but the dialogue is not pushing the plot, I guess is what I would say. Like it's always, they're talking about something that has nothing to do with what's going on. Um, so I skimmed over a lot of the dialogue. If there's anything particularly that they said that you guys wanted to discuss, please stop me as I'm going through the plot. Um, you know, she tells him that she's like, she sat by him cause he looked like a nice guy. Where are they going next? Uh, they end up at his job. Uh, it's a comic book store. I guess I would be impressed by that. But how old do you think these characters are? Is she like a teenager and he's like mid thirties? My guess is that he's early thirties and she's probably like in between 19 and 22. Mm -hmm. 23 maybe. Yes. What do you think, Annie? (laughs) That's exactly what I think. (laughs) I guess so. I are like I now that you say that, that makes sense. But I actually thought she was older. I don't think she looks that young. I don't. No, I don't think she looks like that, that young. But I think that's how the character is supposed to be. If that makes really? sense. Really? Well, you wouldn't be like twenty. I mean, you could, but I doubt you would be like twenty-seven. Is that what you think she is? I don't know. Yeah, twenty-five. And, and then being like, hey, I'm going to try out prostituting now. But maybe you know it yeah. could happen. I mean, that's why I thought she was so young, because she was like... That's why I thought she was young. She was like, yeah, I've only been a call girl for four days, so I'm not used... I'm not damaged goods, you know? I know. So, and honestly, everything about her, like, even as much as I love her style, um, I just feel like everything about her was really immature. Not in a bad way, but just in, like, a... She hasn't lived that much life yet. Yeah. You know, she seemed very innocent, Mm -hmm. you know, to an extent. And like, that's what they were trying to play up until we get that beautiful scene with her. Well, I mean, it's not beautiful. It's very violent, but where she gets to be the the victor um, and kill that, that one guy. Mm -hmm. Soprano. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I don't watch that. I don't watch that because isn't that also (laughs) anti-black? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It has its. I know it's good. One day I'll, one day I'll sit through it, but you know, like. Yeah, when, I try not to trigger myself if I when you no, sit through absolutely. it. When you sit through it, Shannon, I'll sit through it too because I've <laughs> never, I've also never seen Sopranos. Um, I just finished watching Oz on HBO. Oh my god! Yeah, and there was a lot of dick and balls, but there I was a make lot it of that. I couldn't. It was a lot of racism and anti-blackness and, and rape. Uh, yeah, that too. Um, but. What the fuck is Oz? <laughs> Sorry. It's the male, it's the male orange is a new black. Uh-huh. It's a prison <laughs> show. Yeah, it's like a prison show from the late 90s on HBO that has like a uh, Detective Stabler, Elliot Stabler in it. Um, is he in jail? Yeah, he plays like this bisexual, murderous <gasps> sociopath. Oh, it's so sexy. Um, he knows his ass is oh fat, doesn't he? He knows oh, his ass is fat. That's why he always bends over like that. Girl, there's a scene where he <laughs> bends over and spreads them. Like you see whole. Yeah, and I'm not talking. I'm not talking love. <laughs> what episode is it? Just tell me. I don't know. Oh my god! My head, but I will find out for you. Okay, thank you. I will find out for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll even rewatch it. Yes. Christopher Holoni. <laughs> Christopher Holoni. Holoni. 
Um, Eat it like bologna. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're traumatizing Annie right now. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah, talk about some WAP. Um, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got so off topic. Um, yeah, Oz. it does. It does give me that he's a lot older than her, and you know she's younger. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, what I got from because I agree with you, Shannon. A lot of Tarantino Tarantino films uh, have a lot of dialogue. Sometimes it feels very unnecessary. I do think he's very strategic with his dialogue. And what I got from that long ass conversation that he was having with Alabama and the um, diner was like, you kind of see that he's saying the exact same thing to Alabama that he was saying to the girl in the bar from earlier. Yeah. Um, And I think that he's, it's just showing that he's really starting to fall for Alabama fast because she's being responsive to like all the things that all the things that he's talking about. Whereas the girl from earlier you can kind of see that he does this to a lot of women and has like the same one-liners and questions that he no has. No uh, yeah. And it's just like, he's been rejected so many times that now that there is this like beautiful, hot, young, stylish woman in front of him taking the bait, he's like, Oh, I think I might've found the love of my life, <laughs> you know? So we kind of like, ha- we were witnessing this conversation and kind of just seeing like, again, no game. Um, but it's winning her over. You know, match made in heaven or hell. Yes. So <laughs> back at the comic book store, he puts on music, right? They're kissing. That leads to fucking um, <laughs> at, at his apartment. He uh, wakes up <laughs> and she's outside um, on a billboard, I guess that was walkable too from the window, uh, smoking and crying. And so now she's giving him this confession. You know, she was paid to be at that theater uh, by his boss. Um, who hired her for his birthday because she's a call girl. And he's not mad, you know, he had fun and he he thought that like it was too good to be true. He also slips in a transphobic comment, you know, he's happy that she wasn't a man. Um, and then, you know, she's still confessing and he is, she's like, this is where she's like a little horophobic, I guess, or that's what the writing was. He's like, I'm not like those other, those other prostitutes. I'm a, I'm clean, you know, like, um, this is only my third, this is only my fourth day. You're my third client is, is what they were trying to say, I guess. Right. I don't yeah, know. you're right. <laughs> um, yeah. And she's like, I'm monogamous and I like you. So that's, you know, where of course she seems very immature, but, um, it wouldn't work. The movie wouldn't work if they weren't like immediately down for each other like that. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, she tells him she loves him. Okay. We're on, you know, we're getting, a, we're, she tells him she loves him. Next scene, they get married. Next scene, they get matching tattoos. <laughs> uh, I was going to say the thing that makes that uh, the scene that we were just talking about where they're on the billboard. So like funny to me and campy is like the music they start playing that music that was in the beginning of the film again. And it just like, every time they play that music during a scene, it just makes it so much more like outrageous to me. I do like the music. Mm-hmm. I do like the music. It's like its own character. Yeah. 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 yeah this is campy. Campy is the right word. Campy, campy. Um, especially the outfits. I can't wait for you to talk about her looks. Uh, and his. So now we cut to Drexel who has, Better dreads than Justin Bieber. Gary Justin Oldman. Bieber has... Yes. Justin Bieber has um, dreads. Currently? Currently at the moment, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Think about the worst dreads you've ever seen. Yeah. Times that by 10. 
someone stop him? I'm Haley. Stop your husband, please. Yeah, Haley. Please, <laughs> please put him on a leash. Control that man. <sighs> um. Yeah, Gary Oldman. A couple years later, that I saw him in uh, Batman, where he's playing like such a beloved <laughs> character. So to see him like in this movie, where he's like a very way scarier than Alien, uh, way scarier than. Um, <laughs> Uh, James Franco in uh, Spring Breakers and Riff Raff. Way scarier than Riff Raff. Um, harder than all y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Drexel is uh, is there with uh, two other people and Samuel L. Jackson. They're doing this deal uh, trying, to, trying to sell some drugs. Are, um, we, are we not going to talk about the fact that they're talking about eating pussy? Yes, that was that was my next. Uh, yes, <laughs> they are collectively all three of them. Even though two of them are on the same side, they are collectively making fun of one man who does not eat out women, like uh, DJ Khaled. So, <laughs> no, and to quote Nicki Minaj, "Ain't no fat nigga telling me that he ain't eating." <laughs> oh, Nika Mirage. I'm signing off. <laughs> Wait, guys, guys, I, I did something for us. Um, I'm going to play it live. Oh. I, I tried to send it to us earlier, but it didn't work. So uh, we had a fan, and she wanted to send in this message. Oh, I love this. Um, I love six at film club. Um, I love six at film club. Is that Nikki? <laughs> what the hell? Thank you, Nikki. We love you too, girl. Oh what my god! <laughs> so it's this app that like reads things <laughs> in <laughs> <rapper> voices. <laughs> So if you want me to do a full interview with Nikki, I can. Yes, <laughs> oh yes. my god, that's just like. Thank wow. you. Shout out, shout out, Thank Nikki Minaj. Shout out, shout out. We Thank love you. you. <laughs> True men, yes. Wow. <laughs> so at home club, y'all heard it first. Y'all heard it first from Nikki Minaj. Now go to our website and buy some merch. <laughs> um, I love six at film club. <laughs> yeah, I had to add the um in there. Um, <laughs> um. So, anyways, um. <laughs> so yes, okay. So yeah, they're all making fun of this one dude who doesn't eat out women. Blah blah blah. And he gets really upset that they're all making fun of him, and he freaks out. He's going to end the deal or whatever. He's going to take all the drugs back. Um, and Gary Oldman is like, you know, chill. And he ends up getting him to toss him a gun off the bed. Like, how cool were they? They couldn't have been that cool because he immediately shoots him and Samuel L. Jackson and takes all the all the drugs. <laughs> and like two breaths. <laughs> right. Yeah. And a terrible yeah. accent. Like what was that accent, Gary Oldman? I don't know. Hopefully, Gary Oldman Houston. is British. Oh my yeah. god, is he? Yes, he's British. And he oh kind of had like a Creole accent almost. <laughs> But, like, okay, so the craziest thing is he was in control of his look for the film. Oh, so my like, God. I'm the tired. Dread, I'm so the tired. Dread, the dreads in his eyes, his eye, his, like, wonky eye were all okay. his like idea. Yeah. Um, he brought his wig maker from Dracula <laughs> to this film. And the eye, the white eye, was also from the film Dracula. Why did, why did Dracula have dreads, Tom? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't think Dracula had dreads, but I think the wig maker, or I guess whatever wig he was wearing, he was like, yo, I need to consult with you. I'm doing this character. He needs to have dreads, and you're going to give them to him. Um, apparently, his mom was also, also like also on set, 
and like his telling mom? It, his mom and like critiquing his performance. There's a lot of weird fun facts about this movie. Um, I kind of fell down a black hole. I can't wait to hear it. Can't yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of fun facts about this film. But uh, Gary Oldman, they're probably the most interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay, so now we've got the happy couple at home. And um, you know what? Uh, Clarence is is not like me. Me and him are not the same because he is very nervous about this pimp situation. Meanwhile, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Like, maybe I would have, if I love this girl, I would have been like, oh, maybe we should move. But he, like, directly wants to go and get her things back like she needs them uh, and right. kill this man that he doesn't know. <laughs> So, you know, he goes to the bathroom to get himself together. You know, he the story, he starts talking to Elvis, which is really visually very cool. Uh, you know, talking to his subconscious. He realizes, you know, he's furious with this pimp and he wants him dead. Um, and imaginary Elvis is like psyching him up to go and do this. You know, what's the plan? How are you going to get away with this? All of that. Um, he, he goes back out to her. He asks for her previous address and she just gives it to him, which makes me think that she's really young because she wouldn't. Why would she send him to that by himself? Um, and, you know, he said he's not scared, blah, 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 blah. He makes it to the house, which looks like a club scene or something. It looks like red light district kind of like, but just one home. <laughs> um, he knocks on the door. Security. He, he, sell, he says he wants to go talk to Drexel about Alabama. Um, so they take him up there to him and he's like, you know, I'm her husband. She's not coming back. I'm going to pay you to leave her alone. But then he adds like a, another disrespectful layer because the envelope he hands him is empty. He's like, this is what, this is what, not what she's worth, but this is how much I think I'm, this is worth is I forgot the phrasing of what he said, but um, it was some sort of fuck you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> this is how much I want to pay and not a penny more. And it was, it was empty. Um, so they start fighting, you know, as people do. Uh, and of course, Gary Oldman knows how to fight because this is his every day. And Clarence works at a comic book store. So they're not the same. Um, he's choking out Clarence, knocks him into an aquarium. Uh, the security is now holding him while they're beating him. And Gary Oldman's calling him white boy. Uh, they take oh, yeah. his <laughs> over Is it white boy day? It's a national white boy day, and I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> the psychology of that. Um, yeah. So then he like takes his uh, license, and now he knows where he lives. He knows his he knows his name. Um, he sends someone to that address, I think, or yeah, he sends someone to his address, but they never make it. He turns his back, and then Clarence takes the gun and shoots uh, the security guy and uh, um, Gary Oldman. What's his name? <laughs> um, Drexel. 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 Shoots him right in the penis. Oh my gosh! And then he's like still alive for a little bit, and he shoots him again, right? Um. Yes, he shoots him a bunch of times in the face. I think. But one part that um I wanted to talk about because like Quentin Tarantino has been quoted saying this movie is his most like autobiographical movie, and there is a scene where Drexel is like straddling Clarence on the floor, and he gets his ID out of his wallet, and he's looking at his Clarence's name, and he's like Clarence. That's a nigga name. And I was just like, is this Quentin Tarantino talking about himself? Because his name is Quentin. Like, is this what the, <laughs> is this what the, 
is this what the connection is to like this being your autobiographical film? Now, what does he mean autobiographical besides that? Right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Cause I, you know, I also want to know this. Cause I'm like, I mean, I can get it in the sense that like Clarence is this like nerd, this comic book nerd who knows his facts about like film and movies and pop culture and like just his obsessions with things like Kung Fu movies and Elvis Presley. Um, I can get that. Cause like anytime you watch Quentin Tarantino, interview he's so passionate about everything he's talking about in his movies and his references and stuff like that but um as far as like the action goes and like having a hot chick who dresses well I don't know how real that is to Quentin's life or previous life before Hollywood Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so (laughs) Clarence um he get he gets the prostitutes to get Alabama stuff, but he ends up. So they just give him the drugs, or he took the drugs. So I think, I think he got the drugs accidentally. I think okay, he was okay. trying to get Alabama's suitcase with all of her stuff, but he just was in a rush because he didn't even grab his ID. Yeah, um, he left his ID, which is what gets him in. Yeah, the whole trouble. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so he takes the stuff back to her and he's like, you know, I killed him. And she starts crying and he gets immediately jealous about her crying because he's like, oh, you're crying over him. What, which red flag, sis. But, you know, they end up, they end up fine. I think you, like, because it definitely takes you aback. But I kind of thought, like, after the moment passed and we saw it was okay, <laughs> maybe, which is maybe why. But, like, he was, you know, when you do something bad, but you're indignant about it. And, mm-hmm. Like, and maybe she, when, when she was crying, he was like acting out of like i know this was really shitty but don't make me feel worse (laughs) well it's not it's not even that he's that him being jealous is bad but he's like yelling at her (laughs) for crying no i know no that's what i'm saying though he's like heals him yeah and he like gets in her face too and he's like do you love him (laughs) do you love him he's freaking out he just killed someone he just killed someone he he runs the comic book store (laughs) It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, no, it makes sense. He totally punched a hole in a wall before having this conversation. But I'm just like, girl, Alabama, is this not a red flag for you to just get your shit and start running? Oh, because she's it's 19. Like, <laughs> oh my I'm God, like, I don't think she's 19. I disagree. <laughs> okay, no, because she's 23. I don't know. <laughs> Still, but yeah, I, I, you know, uh, she's like, no, I think it's romantic. And so they, you know, they're, Goo goo eyes. Um, so he, they take, yeah, he takes her to go and see his dad, who's a retired cop. Um, and she's like, "Hi, I'm his wife." And uh, the dad's upset that he he showed up no he showed up out of nowhere. They haven't talked in three years. Um, and he confesses this murder to his dad, and he's like, "You know, are they looking for me? Uh, can you find out anything?" And the dad, of course, is freaking out. You know, don't tell me this. Don't bring me these problems. But he does end up helping him out, and. Um, uh, also, in between this, we see the the best friend in LA for the first time, uh, Dick. He's like auditioning to be an actor, but he I, he bombed it, right? Or is this the one that he ends up getting the part for? <laughs> I think he bombed it. It looked like he bombed it. <laughs> he didn't get to finish. He did like two lines. Annie, yeah. did he bomb it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he bombed it. <laughs> um, how are auditions? Are they brutal? Sometimes they can be like that. I've been cut off before. Damn. It it is like a sucker punch. It's like, oh, okay. But they always do they always cut you no. off with like the okie doke? Like, thank you, that was so good. Like that with the fakeness? Yeah. 
Okay, fine. They could just tell me it was bad, I, or personally, I would be like, actually, right? maybe for somebody else. Okay, that's so okay. true. Don't pop <laughs> my head. <laughs> Don't smile at me. It's always yeah. thank you. Okay, yeah, thank you. We've seen enough. Wow. Do you guys? Do you guys yeah, want to yeah. hear a funny story? Of course. Yes. Um. So before I was all the things that I am today, I was trying to be an actor as like a young teenager. And uh, I, <laughs> I was signed to Neil Hamill Modeling Agency okay. here in Houston, Texas. And yeah, so, okay. <laughs> not as cool as Work. Definitely cooler. <laughs> looks cooler on paper than it was in real life. But uh, when I was modeling for them, I was also trying to like act. And so I was going to like these auditions and stuff. And so me being the teenager that I was, they were like, okay, we want you to like memorize some monologues and be ready and prepared so that when we have auditions, like you can go in there and really just like kill it and stuff. So I was like, okay, cool. <sighs> Why was my monologue the from Girls Interrupted? I did the um <laughs> I did the did it, Angel- wait, was it about the chicken? <laughs> yeah, the chicken under the bed. Wait, you yes. talked about chicken? <laughs> yes. I was like <laughs> eating chicken. <laughs> I, I wonder if I still remember it. It was like, um, you probably like being Mrs. Randone, don't you? Oh my god, um, the mean one? It's Angelina Jolie? Yeah, I did the Angelina <gasps> Jolie one. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, I don't remember. Okay, I, I'll have to get back to you on it. But I used to have the whole thing memorized where it's like, oh, she, she was going that, on. I yeah, know, I know. The one that makes her kill herself, yeah. Yes, yes. So basically, Christ. I was like 15, 14, 15, <laughs> going into these like auditions, doing this monologue, and people wouldn't even be like, oh, that was so great, like blah, blah, blah. They would just be like, okay, maybe something a little bit more happy, maybe something a little bit more, like, <laughs> they wanted me to be more commercial, and I was over here trying to be, like, an Academy Award winning actor. They were like, wrap it up, Hot Topic, we don't need that. Yeah, they were like, what kind of depressed little kid is this? Um, what, in the Tumblr? Yeah, I would always start off with my head down, and I would, like, look up really slow, because, you know, she's, like, sitting down, and she kind of just, like, looks up, and she was like, yeah, she's yeah. a sociopath. Yeah, she's literally. Yeah. So. I love that dog. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you. Yeah, we to think she's little... hot shit because she's a sociopath. Right. <laughs> Amazing. That's so. I wish she would do that again. Please, I would like to see that. Yes, oh bring it back. I know. I'll have to. I'm gonna. I never had any videos. I don't think I, don't, I never recorded it, but I'm sure there's some kind of evidence. Somewhere. And you you were 14? I was like 14, 15, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so imagine that. They didn't know what they had, okay? They yeah, did. exactly, exactly. They did it. They wanted me to be, like, commercial. They were, like, trying to get me to go for, like, academy um, <laughs> catalogs and shit like that. And I was like, no, I want to be... I want to be an Academy Award winning yeah. actor. <laughs> I want to be on the big screen, okay? <laughs> okay. Angelina. <laughs> right. Right. I wanted okay. to be up there with Halle Berry. You will be, friend, one day. One yeah, day. I love that We all Dust will up, be. Dust off the monologue. Let's go. Let's try it again. You know Legend what? Legend in the making. Yes. We already got Nicki Minaj's seal of approval. So <laughs> um, it's just up from here, you guys. It's just <laughs> up from here. Yes. Okay. So, so the dad, you know, finds out information about the Drexel murder. They're like, oh, you know, the cops think it was drug drug related. It's not connected to you, but you need to watch out for this guy named Blue Lou Boyle, because um, that was that was who was paying Drexel. So that was his boss. Uh, and he he gives them money, or he tries to give them money. The dad. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. gives him money? They take it? No, 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 no. He tries to give him money, but he doesn't okay. take it. And, you know, they're leaving town. Um, they they drive off, and uh, Clarence has, he calls out this friend in L.A., the one who just bombed. Uh, Alabama's got new clothes, and they're, they're really oh, cute. Cool. Yes. So I, love, cool. I love the beginning outfit, too, but this one's great as well. She's very, uh, if you ever seen Welcome to the Dollhouse, she dresses like a, an adult version of her um, with blonde hair. Uh, they... Clarence tells him, you know, all your money problems are going to be over. Um, they have sex in the phone booth, him and uh, his wife. Um, okay, at the dad's house. Now we've got uh, the dad comes home. Someone holds a gun to his head and knocks him out. And you know, he opens his eyes and Christopher Walken's there, Blue Lou Boyle. I have never, I don't think I've ever seen Christopher Walken scary. Is he, is he in other movies where he's scary? I guess I only um, watch Happy Christopher Walken. <laughs> wasn't he the yeah the the Batman with Catwoman, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman? <clears throat> He's the one that pushes her out the window, I think. Okay, maybe he is bad, but just has a, a funny voice to me. Um, I vividly remember the SNL sketch where everybody talks like him, like he has a family and they all talk like him. Amy Poehler sounds really funny. That <laughs> <laughs> is a great sketch. Send this to the group chat right now. Yes, Amy Poehler sounds the funniest. Of <laughs> um, and I think they all crack up in that scene whenever they're doing it. But yeah, it's a whole family of walk-ins and they all sound like that. He's from New York, huh? I think what so. Is that? Well, he sounds like East Eastern European. <laughs> um, so the dad, you know, the dad, he's he's, He's tough. The dad is not going to give up on his son. He's not going to tell any information. So, you know, they end up cutting his hand. Um, and Blue Blue Lou is like, you know, I'm Sicilian. I can tell when um, somebody's lying. And so I haven't seen this in a minute. So when I saw the dad get comfortable and, like, ask for a cigarette, and I was like, oh, he's about to sacrifice himself? That's immediately what I got. Um, and so, yeah, then he gets on this speech about how Sicilians uh, – used to be black that's not that's not how he said it he said it the negative way um <laughs> but how you know their whole lineage is is uh is full of black people and they'll always have that in them um i think tarantino is like a master of tension because of course you're immediately tense because it's the the most tense part to me is how they're like laughing with him um and just like cracking up with him alongside all of this. You're like, oh, okay, they they want him to die. <laughs> um, but they're gonna like enjoy it before before it gets to that. So yeah, he gets to have like a full three-minute speech about how uh what he thinks of them. Mm. Uh and then like he comes over, kisses him on the head, and you know, then shoots him. Thoughts about that scene? <laughs> Yeah, lots of thoughts about that scene. <laughs> I do I like mean, that he's like, I haven't killed anybody since 1984. <laughs> That's a good uh, element to the speech. I just, like, okay, so we all know that the dad knows that he's about to die, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm about to die. What's the worst thing I could say to them? Oh, you're right. black. Right. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why does anti-blackness have to be so universal? That, I know. Like, non-black people find it so offensive that they could be even just like one little drop of black. Like, why is it that the hatred for black people is so strong that like, that's the most offensive thing you could say to this man before you lose your life. 
like your last breath you're gonna <laughs> so let me call him black real quick why? yeah you know i it just which is why i it's like okay i can understand when someone like samuel L. jackson is doing an interview and says like oh quentin tarantino could never be racist it's impossible for quentin tarantino to be racist it's like oh i don't i don't know about that but i also like i'm just conflicted you know it's like, is he just writing these characters so well that I have to hate them and feel like Quentin Tarantino is also racist for writing the characters these way or this way and writing this dialogue this way? Or I, I don't think I wouldn't say that Tarantino is racist himself, like his own morals. Like, I don't know that man, but it's like, but why are you so adamant on showcasing it in all of your work? Why is it in all of your work? <laughs> why, right. Right. Can you switch it up a little bit? Like, <laughs> do you want to like, not like another group or like, why always this one group (laughs) always consistency consistently. Yeah. I mean, I will say that like, he's an equal opportunist, like hater in the sense that like, he's been racist towards Asians in his movies. He's been Mm. super sexist in his movies. Like the film opens up with a homophobic, like speech about how he's not gay, but he'd suck Elvis Presley off until the birds chirp in the morning. And oh, like, true. Okay. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah. And then we get the transphobic remark later on. And, you know, it's just like, unless you're white, you don't, but even like, even then you watch a movie like Django and even though all the white people are like the bad guys, they all die in the end. And the black people are like leave victorious. So it's like, it's this weird, like, dichotomy of like all these super racist things but all these like i don't want to say pro black things but like black people as heroes no he employs he employs black people um they're always in a script but i would i would think like the way that okay if you take like inglorious bastards versus Django, like the way that the more like those people have more agency, like the Jewish people are able to like go and reclaim. And like, that's yes, there is racism towards Jews in that movie, but like in the end they have more agency over themselves, I guess. I'm not sure how to say that, but like in Django, he literally can't do anything without that one white guy who's there for a a while. Uh, Django only gets to like tell his own story, like, or like have agency over his own story in like the last 20 minutes, maybe. Whereas in glorious bastards, they were always against them. And like, had power and even until the end they get you know they hold the power because even in Django like one of my my favorite scene in Django I think is whenever he's free and he goes to that um that house I don't remember whose house it was but there's the um slave and she's like he the guy's telling her okay you have to treat Django different he's not like other you know negroes he's he's a free negro and she's like so I treat him like white people? <laughs> like, I treat him like white folk? And she's like, no. Oh, my God, that poor girl, yeah. Uh, Leonardo is so... Ah. And the the like, Mandingo fighting is the worst thing I've ever uh, seen. Yeah, it was... And then the dog, the dog thing. The dogs. Yeah. So I just, I always think about the big daddy part, because that was that was so funny. Wait, <laughs> yes, wait, wait. Do you have a Christopher Walken impression, either of you? No. Okay. I, I, have I don't a, either. I don't really ask. <laughs> I have that girl from Django impression. Yes, I'm big daddy. Wait, do I treat him like white folk? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 
Ooh, and then we have the house slave in that one. Oh my gosh! Uh, but I do like the scene where Jonah Hill when they're all in the. Uh, <laughs> oh, anybody got an extra bag? <laughs> no, nobody got. When they, an extra the KKK bag. has the hoods, but they can't see out of it because the one wife did it. She spent all afternoon. Cleaning the whole right. That right. is so dumb. God, he's clever. Like God, I like, know, and I hate that. I think he's so like funny and like i love his work so much like uh, uh, i i get mad at myself you know it's like okay i get it i get that you're making these like you're telling stories about terrible people can i just have one where it doesn't have this and i guess death proof death proof is like as close as we're gonna get but even that one still has little tiny um just little bits of anti-blackness in it and like you're right they do target other groups uh but him the colored girl oh my god (laughs) i'm yes she is a color (laughs) she is the girl of color what's a cheerleader movie oh my gosh it's a movie about cheerleaders (laughs) death proof impression uh Um, yes we'll be reviewing that one next guys please uh uh, be on the lookout road trip movies um yeah, but, okay, okay. Yeah, but I want I want a pro black, pro LGBT Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't know if we're gonna get that, Fred. <laughs> we, <laughs> you know what? We're not, we're not, but it's okay to dream. Yes. Hopefully kids who like grew up watching him, maybe some of these Gen Z directors, maybe one of them will be able to tweak it where it has like his influences, but you know, doesn't trigger us. You know, we yeah. can watch it without being like, ooh, people hate me. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I mean his his most pro-black movie is a slave movie, so. Mm. We did get Jackie Brown, though. I just. You, you know. know what? We did. We did. There's a lot of N-word usage in that film, too. God, we, do, uh, we do get a Jackie Brown, which I also love. I, love. I just watched Coffee for the first time. I watched a couple Pam Grew 70s movies. Uh, Coffee's good. Coffee's good, and she looks amazing. Yeah. And also, fun fact, Alabama... Uh, the character Alabama is actually named after a Pam Greer character. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he watched a lot of black exploitation music movies. Okay, mm-hmm. so the music makes sense now. The music choices that he does make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the thing. Like Quentin Tarantino, I feel like is like he's he's very immersed in the culture. Like he knows a lot of shit about a lot of shit. And it's like the thing that I was thinking about earlier is like there's. I want to argue that Quentin Tarantino is not racist because there's no way that you do as much research. I don't think he, he's racist, but he is perpetuating it. I don't know. Right. Right. But it's like, of, I feel like it's a lot of like incel humor. Like people who watch this are like emboldened by it. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's just my thought. But yeah, the, thing, the thing about it is like the people who enjoy Quentin Tarantino movies are not as educated as Quentin Tarantino. Of course. Is about they didn't take it as satire. Well, not only that, but, like, the research that Quentin did had to do for Django was very, like, extensive. And it's, like, he might know a lot more about slavery than most Black people in America because we don't get taught that. So unless we do the research ourselves, there's a lot that we don't know. And it's, like, I know for a fact that Quentin Tarantino knows a lot about Black culture and our history in this country. So it's, like... Of course he's not racist. He knows about all the shit that we've been through throughout history. But it's like, you're not necessarily doing anything to stop the racism or to make the world a better place for black people. Um, So it's like, 
what are you doing with this knowledge, with this knowledge? Cause knowledge is power and you're not using your power for good. You're making great art, but it's like still it's perpet. Pro- yeah. So right? I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't trying to cut you off at all. Oh no, you didn't cut me off. Um, at all. Do you have, do you have any thoughts about this, Annie, from a outside perspective? Um, well, like, I guess, or what's sitting with me, like, cause obviously it's, it's right there in your face and like, yeah, they're terrible people. And yeah, I don't want to hear the language and like, even in the theater world, like, you know, people, which is finally coming under what's it called like people are like you know like yeah this needs to be changed um but people will still try to defend like saying the n-word in like old plays versus just like changing it Mm. and like there's like um all the semantics and stuff but i think it boils down to exactly what shannon said was just like I'm going to get all emotional, but like, that's so unfair that like you go to the movies and you're uncomfortable because someone's using it as a prop. Yeah. Yeah. And here I am, a white girl crying. No, it's okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to upset you. I think I, I, no, oh my God. No, 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 no. And this is the last thing. This is the last remark I'll say about it. Um, I think that, how I can tell that it's kind of problematic is that if anybody else did it, like if any new director did this, I wouldn't watch their movie. Like I only sit around for Tarantino movies because I like the style and like, okay, I've, it's somebody that he kind of gets a pass for it. Cause he's been around he's a, he's a master and like everybody likes his, his stuff. But like if a new person started doing this, I'm not watching that. Um, and it's like, he gets away with it because the movies are good. The movies are good. And they would be good without it. They honestly would be like, if he wants to make, if he starts doing new things, I, I haven't, I don't remember in once upon a time if that one was the, that was the newest one, right? Yes. I don't remember if that one was uh super racist, but I assume it could be because of, of the, the time period it's set in. Um, I think there's racism towards uh, like, I think there's like a Jet Li character. So I think there's some like anti-Asian okay. uh, racism in there. I don't think it's as anti-black as his other films. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there's any black characters in that film but uh no it's not i think it's one of his least racist movies. okay yeah and you know we'll see if he makes anything that's like set in the in the 2020s or whatever um because if he does that doesn't need to be such a big part of it but is he going to use it or not you know like why is that your only technique baby try something else baby <laughs> you can't <Right. laughs> you're so talented right <laughs> yeah and also like what you said dom about like yeah there have been there like black people are vind- vindicated at the end. Like they're the ones that survive in Django Unchained. And like in this one, Patricia Arquette lives, even though she was like, she got yeah. the shit beat out of her. Yeah. And I just saw Tenet. I don't, did I say that last time with y'all? Like and there was a scene in that where the woman gets beat. The, she gets the shit beat out of her, but she like wins at the end. And it's just like, <sighs> I don't really know if I still like, what are you trying to do there? You're still like, again, like letting people see these people experience extreme pain. Yeah. Yeah. Like who cares if they, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It is kind of like a, Oh, I don't know. Well, yeah. He makes makes violent movies. Yeah. He makes violent movies. So it's it's hard for women and black people. Yeah. And he doesn't shy away from women getting 
feet on screen. Yeah, and it's hard for us to win without trauma. You're okay, babe. Yeah, (laughs) you're totally fine. You're totally fine. It's a touchy subject, and it's hard to talk about um, sometimes. And, like, even me talking about it right now, I still don't feel like I'm saying the right things. And I feel like people could listen to this and be like, oh, you're so problematic for saying that. Oh, no, it's your opinion. Yeah, it's my opinion, and I'm going to, you know, stand stand on that. But I do... um, I do agree that it's hard to watch movies where black people and women win at the end or like become victorious heroes without trauma or without pain or without something that like, you know, we can never just have a happy ending as well as like a happy journey to get to the happy ending. Um, so yeah. (sighs) I I know that. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I think he's just like wants to make, the most controversial movies that he can. And that's why he relies on all those isms and violence and racism because it's controversial. Right. Um, and that's his, his, his shtick. Yeah. And the bright red blood <laughs> the bright. Yeah. And, and Samuel L. Jackson and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, if anything, it, it does start, he, he has started a lot of conversations and I will say that like, I know I've just talked so much shit about Quentin Tarantino and like all the bad stuff, but I also like watch a movie like Django Unchained and appreciate it for how real it is and how realistic it depicts slavery in this country, because I feel like it's too easy to make a slave movie and, um, you know, PG 13 it or make the violence, not as crazy or not as like gut wrenching. Oh yeah. To like passive, to like make it uh, palatable for, yeah. You know, like Quentin Tarantino doesn't shy away from the fact that like, this is what the antebellum South looked like. This is how, you know, tough it was. This is how much they use the N word. This is how much we got treated like trash. So it's like in a film like true romance, it's very unnecessary. The usage of the N word and the anti-blackness because there's really no black characters to defend themselves. But in a movie like Django Unchained... Yeah, it was contextually necessary. Yeah, you know, some of that... A lot of the usage of the N-word, a lot of the anti-Blackness, a lot of the racism, that was necessary to get the story across that he was trying to tell. So it's like, you know, it works sometimes and it it doesn't work other times. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know... Yeah, you know, that's his his style. That is his style. Yep. Um, as, as Tarantino fans, we just got to take the good with the bad. We just got you know, and that's fine. That's okay. I'm strong. Um, <laughs> strong okay. black woman. Yes. So let's see. I think they finally make it to L.A. Oh, but not before uh, Blue Blue's people find Clarence's L.A. address on the dad's fridge, right? They kill the dad. Um, Clarence and Alabama are in L.A. They get to the friend's house. Brad Pitt is the roommate. He's a stoner. He's very much Drake in the Amanda show. <laughs> Drake Bell, when he was playing that. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kyle. And he would say something dumb. That's Brad Pitt. You just that's unlocked Brad memory, OG. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's who, this is who Brad, uh, Drake Bell must have watched Brad Pitt in this movie and like based it off of him. We also, um, can we talk about real quick that scene with the friend and Brad Pitt? Um, so the friend, the blonde guy played Phoebe's boyfriend, cop on friends yes uh, okay Patricia that's arquette is whatever arquette's uh, oh sister, david arquette was, thank courtney you who was yeah who was married to courtney cox and brad pitt dated jennifer aniston oh my god oh. <laughs> uh, that's a 
world is small. Okay, it's Annie, come through with the yeah. fun <laughs> the, the best friend looks like the best friend from the Truman Show. I thought the same. Oh my thing. god. Is it not? That's not him, is it? It's not him. Maybe they're related. Oh, okay, okay. He right. looks like his no, name should be Biff. He looks like a right. Biff. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. Continue, continue. Another, another fun fact, though. Uh, Brad Pitt's, most of his lines were improvised. Of course, yeah. They yeah. Wow. So I was like... <laughs> is this... Was Brad Pitt famous yet? Because he looks famous on the couch to me. Like, he looks like... A, that looks like a cameo. If that makes sense, right? It looks like a cameo. This was the beginning of his like fame era. So he was like just starting to become like a heartthrob in Hollywood. So he actually came to them, came to the director and was like, I want to be a part of this film. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he heard from Jennifer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because come on, Thelma and Louise was his first project, I think. <laughs> Thelma and Louise. That must Thank have been you for 91. Lot, <laughs> I said, come on, bitch. You see where Brad at. <laughs> Another <laughs> <new show. laughs> you, Angelina, you Jennifer. Damn. Come on, bitch. I love that line, even though it's so, so shady. I know. <laughs> God. Get off Jennifer Anderson's back. They've, they've been riding her since. <laughs> 2001 it feels like i don't know when this happened but god i I saw this the longest joke ever she's fine she's okay she's nothing about that man (laughs) all right brad and angelina are divorced right divorcing i think oh they're still okay okay yeah but apparently Um, and i don't even want to say brad pitt is hot as hell oh he's handsome film and louise that's my favorite sexy but he apparently is a stop it no allegedly allegedly i kind of assume all men with money are i don't know why i know isn't it but i'm sure they are that's a total generalization but i know if you're hot you're trash i just (laughs) that's what it comes down to oh man like uh, i hope not i mean i'm not gonna like yes yeah i I don't know but but i hope not yeah yeah i I heard he he was dating uh elias shawkat Oh my god, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Aaliyah Shawkat from uh, Search Party from Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. She was maybe. She's, she's. She was on an episode of Broad City. She's, yeah. Wait, the one with she the looks, freckles? Yes. Yeah. She's oh. on Broad City. She's on I Broad City. Dating. That's okay. insane. Go, Aaliyah. That, okay. That's interesting. And she's like, really i i yeah she's a, I love Leah shawkat her she's, someone trash oh yeah no, i i yeah. i hope he's not abusive okay <laughs> back to this movie guys so yeah they're in la they take uh the best friend to their motel uh and they've got the honeymoon suite they show him all the drugs he's an actor so that's why they think that he knows people who will buy all this coke he's like i'm not even that big of an actor yet um so he knows a guy in his acting class that he can maybe sell some of it to. So they, they meet him at an amusement park. The plan is that Clarence wants to sell everything all in one go, 200 grand. And then he wants to leave with his wife. And they say, they say it's like half a million dollars worth of Coke, but then later on they try to upsell it to a million dollars worth of Coke, but always the same price of 200 grand. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so you know they're on this roller coaster telling him about it, and he's like, he tells him this bullshit story about you know a cop gave this to me, um, and he uh, gets the phone from Elliot and uh, calls the or talks to the drug dealer directly. Um, he's you know schmoozing, and he's so bold that uh, the guy Lee agrees to meet him 
Um, but he also wants a sample. Did Elliot throw that in or did he really want a sample? Did Elliot throw in that sample thing for himself and he was never going to give it up? Or because Lee never asked for the sample. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I don't know. I think the he was going to keep that, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think he probably. I think he threw that in. He was going to keep it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So now they go back to, oh, at, back at his house, back at the best friend's house. Blue Lou's guy is there. And, you know, Brad Pitt tells him all the information right away, where they're staying, all that. No, no pussyfooting around. He tells him that. <laughs> um, and he's like, you take care of. I might be back later to see you. <laughs> So he like never questions like random strangers coming into his home asking him things. Um, <laughs> they go, you know, back to their hotel. Uh, he uh, Clarence drops off Alabama because he's going to go get her some food. And, you know, she goes to the room and she's so natural, even though there's a guy in there. Uh, she's like, Hey, you want a cigarette? Um, and he's like, you know, where's the, where are the drugs? Where's Clarence? Um, and she's like, I don't know who Clarence is. My name's Sadie. She can lie. She's good at lying. Mm-hmm. She um, is good at lying. She is. Like, so she's smarter so she- than she's smarter than uh, she plays, <laughs> which I like that in a in a character. Um, and she, you know, she's like, my big my big boyfriend's coming home. He plays football. He's coming. <laughs> He's at um, practice. <laughs> huh? He's at I'm, practice. Yeah, I'm surprised Quinn didn't write like my big black boyfriend's coming back. <laughs> Something in there just to make that it. was in scary movie. Do you guys remember that? <gasps> oh, is it? When Carmen Electra is like, uh, she's on the phone and she's like, my big black boyfriend is a football player and he's going to be here any second. And then he's like, oh, the one on the porch. And it was like, turn on the lights. Oh, no. Turn on the lights and it's like Prince no. or something. Prince. <laughs> yeah. From Scary Movie 1. Oh, I have, I've never seen any of them. What? Wait, really? Should I leave? I'm sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> Should I go? Oh, my God. Click that thumb club. Episode is over. We have guys, to go. I don't Shannon. like spoof movies. I don't really? like spoof what? movies. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know that this one's funny, so, yeah, I could watch it. But at, in a general, I don't really like spoof movies. Okay. Really? Well, Shannon, next time you come over, which is going to be soon, I'm making sure of it. Yeah. Like, gonna... I didn't watch Borat. I don't watch. I don't watch. That's not usually my humor. A scary. I think you would enjoy at least Scary Movie 1 and 2. I've definitely seen bits of it. I probably have seen the whole thing, but it just doesn't. I don't I haven't connected. <laughs> I think you would four. just appreciate the references. You think she would like four? I like four. <laughs> At least I think I, I don't remember the numbers. That's interesting though. Yeah. Maybe we, yeah. I didn't know that about you, Shannon. I'm so sorry guys. Didn't no, don't be sorry. Maybe, <laughs> now I'm like, Oh my God, is that why you're so funny? Cause you didn't watch that. Cause I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have seen, what's that one spoof, not another teen comedy. That one, We walked out of teen? that one. Was that you? Oh, Oh, did we? I think that was. I walked out of that one. I've only seen that one like twice, but I, chuck, I chuckled a couple times. Yeah, but I, I don't watch it that often. The best part is whenever the the white two leaders feel the black girls cheer, and they're like, "We ain't white. We ain't oh. white. We definitely ain't, ain't white." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 they're like you better bring it and it's oh like we gosh. already brought in or it's already been brought in yeah it's really funny they don't really make spoof movies anymore that was a weird time that they had to was. spoof everything they had to spoof they mm-hmm. spoofed uh fucking um the sex movie that all oh, moms like 
12 years or not 12 years. <laughs> no. Um, oh my God. <laughs> no. They spoofed 12 um, years of slave, y'all. No, kidding. 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 <laughs> yeah. It was like 50 Shades of Black or something. 50 Shades of Grey. Yeah. Well, the, the spoof was 50 Shades of Black, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was the way ins. Um, <laughs> the way in brethren. Yeah. They did that. Brethren. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> They did that one. They did that 300 movie, right? They made fun of that one. Or was that or was that a blend of movies? Disaster movie? I don't know. They, yeah. That was a very 2000s thing to like spoof. Yes. So maybe we should review them. <laughs> we could, yeah, we could do this scary movies. But isn't that cheating? Because they're like a blend of all these other movies. True. It's not like a <laughs> Maybe for Halloween. I just okay. want you to see for them. For Halloween, see add them. that to one of them. We'll do one of the scary movies. You can choose which one's the funniest, Dom. Or okay. No, let Dom choose. Let Dom. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tie between the first and the second. Okay. Yeah. The okay, yeah. She says her boyfriend's coming back. Um, he, you know, takes off her sunglasses, asks her to turn around, and then, you know, there's a really brutal... Uh, fighting scene where she's just like getting punched by him and uh he's throwing her around the room she's you know spunky she's not giving up any information she's flicking him off she's laughing at him he's still punching uh meanwhile what's his name is talking about elvis to a stranger <sighs> i'm so annoyed so <laughs> why are you still talking about <laughs> Elvis? give it up boo part of um, me was like is this on purpose but he didn't know, right? No, he didn't but know. Also, he didn't know. He didn't but also, know. like, why would you take your time and dilly-dally if you have drugs? In- I don't know. It's for the script. I know. <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. Is the same, this is the same it's idiot that left his ID at Drexel's house. So his brain obviously does not work as well That's as your dad did. killed. That's yeah. your dad he's killed. A, he's a comic book. He's a comic book. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he left his address on his dad's um refrigerator you know he does he's not super smart That's okay. so uh she sees she she gets a corkscrew and uh tells the guy who he works for blue loose sorry if i didn't say that but uh she she tells him that the coke's under the bed and it is under the bed so he's like get in the bed uh, getting the uh the bag and uh he sees that she has the um corkscrew and he was going to shoot her but he's like actually you know what you can have a shot in which is very it's an interesting that's an interesting dialogue point. <laughs> you can get a shot in. I'm let you get a shot in. Um, you have to be machismo. Yeah, yeah. So she, he thinks he's, she's going to go for the chest. He gets her, he, she gets him in the foot and uh, then knocks a vase over his head, which does not phase him. I don't like that in people. <laughs> Why are you still standing? And it was an um, Elvis. It was an Elvis face. Oh, was it? Oh my God. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Elsa. I can't believe they did that and, and didn't pay his his camp. That's awful. Wait, what happened? I said I can't believe they did all that but didn't pay his camp. Well, they were going to pay the camp. The camp didn't want to let them use his likeness. Yeah. So I but guess I guess he, that's maybe that's like reparations because he stole from black people too. So maybe that was Quentin's although that yeah. might have been somebody else's idea, but <laughs> maybe he's like, did let you, me steal from him since he stole from them. I saw I think I saw this on Twitter or somewhere. Elvis or Quentin Tarantino used to be like an Elvis impersonator or like I believe that he totally looks like him they got the same hand and everything right right they played like an Elvis impersonator on Golden Girls or something like that something super random but you know who Quentin Tarantino also kind of looks like 
kind of like in the mouth area. More, m- more, see. Oh my god! Yeah, they have you know, big heads. They all yeah. practically have big and heads. And they like if he does his hair the right way, he and, should do like, a Morrissey the, impression. The glasses, yeah, he should. Not do me, you right? Tarantino? No, not you. <laughs> do you have a beard? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can sing like any Smith song. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but I don't have an impression of Morrissey. Okay. <laughs> who's also anti-black. Um, I know. Can we just like? I, know. I, just... I can't have anything, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can have the Spice Girls. I take that back. Yeah, Spice Girls have never failed me. Yeah, but not the guy who named them. Yeah, right. I was, I was, was just. Talking, I was thinking. That. Yeah, because we'll say it again. Dom told us this fact that uh, there is a TV host who named uh, all the girls on his show. So why is Scary Scary, guys? Mm-hmm. Why was that her name? He just named them on the spot. She could have been anything. Sexy Spice was right there. Sexy Spice. Sexy. Yeah. (laughs) So we're just going to let y'all draw your own conclusions about why he named her scary. Right. But But, she has said that she loves the name. She doesn't think it's anti-black. She can Um, love it. I don't have to. (laughs) Yes. 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 This is true. Very true. Um. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, he's unfazed by getting hit by the uh, toilet or the vase, the Elvis vase. And, but now he's really pissed. So he throws her through a glass bathroom door. She's covered in blood. It's, he turned the shower on for some reason, too, but it looked visually looks good. But I don't know why he turned it on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> visually, it looks great. But um, she throws something like flammable into his eyes and then she hits him with the toilet lid. That does knock him down i think and then she makes like a, a flamethrower with hairspray and a lighter she's smart she's smart um and then you know she's like screaming and crying she like stabs him with a corkscrew and she's like going for the overkill shooting him beating him um and then clarence comes back <laughs> with his gun out like he's gonna do something like i already handled it dude <laughs> You're late, but he rushes her out and he, you know, they drive off and she's bleeding. She's unconscious. They have the drugs because they know that people are after them now. Um, Elliot's getting roadhead uh, and he's driving really fast. <laughs> and uh, I kind of like his character. <laughs> you like his character? I, I like I like it. Yeah, I like his character. Not that like, I, I like, like him as a, I don't like him as a person, but like I like the addition of him in the movie. And I think it makes the movie interesting. Um yeah. He only shops at Brooks Brothers. <laughs> Could he, you say um, comedic relief? Almost? Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. He reminds me of the guy who um, Elle Woods likes in uh, Legally Blonde. <laughs> Luke Wilson? No, uh, her the one she goes to Harvard for, who's like, ends oh, up being pretty, pretty yeah, like, yeah. lame War- himself. Warner like, or whatever. Warner. Warner. <laughs> um, oh my god you're right That's yeah funny. so uh da, da, da. yeah he's getting roadhead he gets pulled over for driving too fast and he's like hey baby can you put this in your purse it's the bag of sample cook which well, that was a big sample um it was a brick so she she will not put that in her her purse <laughs> and she ends up knocking it all over his face genius uh so now the now he's in an interrogation room after that immediately uh and he tells them the the made-up story that clarence told him 
about how it's a dirty cop or whatever. So the, they tell their supervisor, these cops tell their supervisor, and they don't think the story is true, but they know that Elliot is uh, scared enough to wear a wire and rat everybody out. So they're, they want him to wear a wire. Uh, and uh, now this is where uh, Clarence and uh, the wife, I'm sorry, Clarence and Alabama are outside of the airport now. He like drove her to the airport to like look at planes and I guess they were going to go to Cancun, but they don't, they haven't made this deal yet, I guess is the, is the thing, right. That makes them go back. Yeah. So, um, they go back to Dick's house and they get all their stuff that they had there and he gets a phone call. He got the part and he doesn't need to, uh, do a call back, uh, Dick. And he's got a seven o'clock call that day, I guess. Um, and, Okay, now we cut back to Elliot, who is nervous about wearing this wire, but the cops are trying to hype him up. They're like, no, we're going to get you. You'll be fine. Don't even don't even worry. We got you, bro. So uh, Clarence and um, Alabama and Dick, I don't know why Dick came. No idea. Um, meet. They meet Elliot at the hotel. Um, Clarence gets on the elevator. He stops it. Uh yeah, they all get on the elevator, excuse me, and Clarence stops it. He makes Elliot get onto his knees. He's like, I, he's like, you know, I'm going to shoot you. What's going on up there, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, very, very close to <laughs> uh, shooting this man. And Elliot is like crying out, <laughs> kind of like the wife in the Truman Show. He's like crying out to whoever is listening. Please, I wish someone would come and save me. <laughs> um Brilliant performance by this actor. Uh, <laughs> Have we Clarence seen him like, in anything else? I don't know who this guy is. I don't either. Yeah. Clarence, um, you know, says, you know, I was just kidding, man. I'm so sorry. And the cops like him. <laughs> the cops were listening like, oh, he's funny. Um, the Italian gang comes to Brad's, Brad Pitt's house and he tells them again where they are. So now they're on the way to the hotel. Um and so they exit the elevator room. They're on their way to meet Lee. And I'm going to actually pause there for Dom's fashion segment, if that's okay. Yeah. Is that a good spot? Okay, so let's go ahead and take a break and do Dom's fashion segment. And then we'll be back with the end of this movie. I'm going to be a supermodel. All right, guys. So we are here for Dion Davin's report. And today we're going to be talking about the costume design and true romance. So the costume designer was Susan Becker. Um, You guys might know her from her work in The Lost Boys. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Pauses for for celebration, yes. She um, is the mastermind behind all the cool, gothy, um, dark, vampy looks in The Lost Boys, which has kind of become its own fashion, like, icon in in its own way. it's been credited a lot for just inspiration throughout history, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, people love it. I love it. I'm sure you guys love it. Um, Heck yeah. Have, have you seen uh, Jumping Jack Flash with uh, Whoopi Goldberg? Never. <gasps> that sounds familiar. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. Um, she also did the... Um, Costume design for that film and Whoopi's film that came after that. I don't remember the name of it. I didn't write it down. I should have. Um, but she's also done the costume design for Father of the Bride, St. Elmo's Fire, and Dying Young. 
Um, Yeah, she's done a lot of really cool stuff. Um, She hasn't really done anything recently. Um, I think her costuming days are over at this point. Um, Because this movie came out in 1993. And by the time that she did this film, she had already worked on a lot of other projects um, and costumed um, a lot of other movies and stuff like that. Um, I want to say I didn't find like hella information about the project and like all of the specifics, but I want to say that she, um, designed all of the looks or most of the looks. She didn't like source it out or, um, like get pre-made stuff. I think everything was pretty much made for the characters. I actually have this really cool, um, image that I'm going to show you guys that I found. Of like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, some sketches that she did for the characters. Oh my god, love. Yeah. Um, so she I looks like the nanny kind of. If, yes. I would, if that was the same uh, di- uh, uh, fashion designer, I wouldn't have been so so surprised. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's um, what they were going for, like a like a kitschy, campy, loud but like sexy look for you know Alabama. Yeah, which they nailed, or Susan Becker nailed that look for her. Um, and I also love, like, Clarence's simplistic, yeah, casual, just, like, cool, effortless style. Um, I think they both, both of their looks complement each other very well, because, like, um, Alabama wears a lot of, like, bright colors and fun prints, a lot of leopard print, cow print, um, I don't think we see a lot of other prints from her in the movie, but I'm sure her wardrobe, her character wardrobe is just like filled with fun stuff. Um, and Clarence is like, he's simple, but he, he has a lot of like standout pieces. Like I think my favorite Clarence look is his birthday outfit when he was in the movie theater, uh, watching the Kung Fu movies. And he has like the tweed blazer and like the pink shirt underneath and just like all the layers and, he just looks really comfortable and really cool. And like, I love the colors together. Um, and then Shannon, I know you love this outfit as well, but the outfit that we first see Alabama in when she walks um, into the movie theater and she has like the red dress and the leopard print bra and the leopard blue print, boots. Mm-hmm, the blue ankle boots with the fishnets and the leopard print um, coat. I love that fucking coat. I'm still yeah. looking for a coat. Same. Just like that. Um, For years now. (laughs) Yes. And Supreme actually came out with a coat that looked almost identical to that one. It was a leopard print men's coat and it was really expensive and I didn't get it in time. Um, But I'm still on the lookout. So if any of our Six Sad Film Club members know where I can find this jacket for not that much money, um, it would be greatly appreciated if you sent over the link because I want it. And I love it. And I think it would be a good addition to my wardrobe. He'd rock um, it, you guys. It would not be wasted. He would rock it. Yeah, every day. I'd probably wear it literally every day for years to come. <laughs> um, but I I love the costume design in this film because it came at a point where we weren't really seeing fashion that looked like this. Um this was before um, Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, love it. Yes. And I know he's, his character in that film is kind of credited for um, popularizing the, um, I'm losing the words, the Hawaiian shirts, like the cool Hawaiian looking shirts. Yes. Um, yes. He is wearing those. 
Yes, Clarence also wears the Hawaiian shirts, but he also has like these really cool bowling shirts. Um, all the shape, the shape of his shirts were just so perfect, and um, you can tell that they 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 spent their time on all the details. Because um, yeah, I just I don't know. I just I think they look so good throughout the entire movie. Even that scene when they're at the dad's house and. Um, like it looks like Alabama's wearing Clarence's clothes with her leopard coat over the um like hoodie and the jeans and stuff like that. It's such like a like throw on outfit, but it just works so well for the characters and for this movie. Um, one of I think I don't know if it's my favorite outfit. It's probably my favorite outfit. Uh, the cow print skirt that she's so wearing. Good. So good. So Gen Z. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. And it reminds me of Jeremy Scott. Like, I don't know if you guys keep up with Runway or have any, like, favorite designers or even know who Jeremy Scott is. But he is the designer over at Moschino. And all of his work is really campy and fun and kind of just reminds me of Scooby-Doo 1 and 2 and, like, all of those, like, fun movies with, like, perfect costume design. Um, the camps there, it definitely looks like something, an outfit that he would have put Katy Perry in for MTV VMAs or something. Remember, yes. he was styling her for a little bit. Yes. Um, and the, I think, oh. I don't remember what collection it was. Maybe it was, like, 2016 or 2018, one of those or something like that. Um, he had, like, a whole collection that was like cow print and very Western and the models look like Alabama. They look like they were wearing clothes straight out of Alabama's closet. So I think that, um, Susan Becker really had like an influence in changing fashion and what is popular and what we, um, kind of look to as fashionable today. Um, which is really cool because movies have like, the power to do that movies really do have the power to influence like music and fashion and pop culture. Um, so I think that's why true romance is kind of put on a pedestal and looked at as like this cult classic because it not only changed cinema and storytelling, but it kind of changed fashion, you know? Um, Because these outfits, even though this movie was released in 1993, these outfits look like things that I would wear today. I can see Shannon wearing these things and you, Annie, and my other friends. Like I can see it's, it's like timeless. These are classic clothes that have withstood the stand of time. All of those outfits are on Dolls Kill right now today. Mm -hmm. Go and see it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. And even, um, what's the guy's name? The Brooks brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even his look, like he was, he was like the perfect frat preppy. Yeah. Frat guy. The character dressing was on point there. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I've been giving all the costume design for all the movies we've been doing 10 out of 10, but true romance truly does deserve a 10 out it's of 10 a fun, rating. It's fun outfits. Yes. 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 So of course I have to ask you guys, what were your favorite looks from the movie? Um, my favorite, I do love the first look so much. The red with, um, the, uh, the blue boots and the cheetah, ja- the cheetah uh, jacket. I also really like the, the cow print skirt. That one's really cute too with the blue. I love mm-hmm. that color blue. So nice. What do you think, Annie? 
I love, I mean, I gotta go with the opening outfit too. Um, but also would probably be caught in those leopard print leggings. Ooh. <laughs> the like purple ones. Yeah. And, yeah or very brand dresser. She, she dresses like Matilda's yes. mom. Like, like the mom and Matilda. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No, I love that. I love how she dresses. It's camp. That's camp. That's the only way to say that. It's very queer to me. Like, like that's a lot. It's in a lot of queer movies. Like, uh, like John Candy. No, I always say the wrong word. John Waters. Excuse me. <laughs> I feel like Divine could have worn some of this, and it's because it's like vintage fifties, but also um, loud colors and uh, really cute, uh, like uh, cutouts and dimensions. Mm-hmm. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of wish that Susan Becker was the costume designer for New York Minute. Mm. I think that would have worked out. If if they styled her after. Because it seems like this is the only one where she did this kind of style. And so it must have been in the script that they wanted her to be like a loud, somewhat vintage, but also very uh, Californian, I guess. Or Mm -hmm. Californian or Vegas, something very showy. It was very Vegas to me, but California, yeah. like Vegas and California are so close to each other Yeah, um, that it could be, it could really go either way. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, you're right. This is the only film that I'm aware of that she's done where the outfits have been like really, really campy and kind of loud. In Jumping Jack Flash, um, Whoopi Goldberg's character kind of dresses like Clarence. Like <laughs> kind of a in, in a cute way though, because I feel like Clarence's outfit yep. can be kind of unisex. Like, because you know we do have that scene where it looks like Alabama's wearing Clarence's clothes, but um, just like in the movie, the Whoopi movie, she's wearing like these oversized, um, you know, blazers and top coats and um, like hoodies and you know baggier jeans with like Converse. I think she's wearing so it has that like effortless cool comfortable look going for um but yeah i would love to see or i would have loved to see susan becker do more campy things and more yes give us more Uh, give us more susan um i don't know if you're still active if you're still working but um yeah you really did the damn thing on this film and i would love to see you work on some more films and create some more iconic looks because the thing about Alabama is like, like you said, like the character in Euphoria, she did this, um, the leopard pants and the, the teal top for Halloween. And it's like, you see that outfit and you know exactly where it came from. If you know what this movie is and if you've seen this movie and stuff, but, um, yeah, great. I always say great costume design is when you can like, put a look together and have that look be repeated for Halloween. So yes, you know, you made it. Mm -hmm. So that is Dion Gavin's report. Or do you guys have anything else you wanted to add about the looks of this movie? Wait, did you say your favorite? My favorite? Yeah. Yeah. I love the cow print. Oh yeah, you did. The cow print outfit. (laughs) But I also love the outfit that she wore whenever they got married, like the day after they met. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and she's yeah. wearing like uh, the sexy little dress and she has a leopard coat. I love that the leopard coat just has it's yeah. like throughout the whole film. I love that. Um, so yeah, those are my favorites. I also love like, I know Drexel was only in the film for oh like a yes. few minutes. But I, I really did enjoy his look. I thought his look was really good. We know because you would go to Riff Raff's house. You told us. Yes. <laughs> Drexel ran a <laughs> Would you go to Drexel's house? Would you go to Drexel's house, Dom? 
<laughs> Look, Drexel had frozen? a lot of. Okay. Had, you know, I, was just, I was thinking about how I was going to answer that question. Um, I like money. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, and Drexel has a lot of money. Uh huh. So Drexel was checking for DJ Dom Top, and DJ Dom Top was checking for <laughs> Drexel because. I want Drexel to take me shopping so I can get a leopard coat, True. just like Alabama's. It's a whole lot of money in this. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> now is Drexel is Drexel someone I'm trying to build a life with? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> is Drexel someone that I would entertain and let spend his money on me? Absolutely. All right, I respect yeah. that. I respect so that. you know, <laughs> bad bitches do what bad bitches gotta do. Uh. <laughs> That's true. Would y'all go home with Drexel? No. <laughs> oh, so fuck my drag right i wouldn't do that in your body yeah <laughs> so fuck my drag right <laughs> that is your decision i respect you That's i will okay. you from back here <laughs> I'll, I'll take us all shopping with drexel's money okay thank you you're so brave you're a real one thank you you're a real one i was born this way <laughs> Happy 10-year anniversary to Born This Way. Oh, my gosh. Oh, is it White Boy Day? I didn't know it was White Boy Day. Oh, <laughs> it was National White Boy Day. <laughs> yes, so that wraps up Dion Davin's report. Um, let us know what your favorite outfits are. I know you have them. If you've seen this movie, you have a favorite outfit from this movie. Or maybe you have two. Maybe you have three. But we want to know. So slide in our DMs. DM or... Just send us, you know, the Twitter thing that people do. Do that. Do that for us. Let us know. We want to know. Text me. Yeah. Yeah. Text it. We we would love to hear from you. Email us. (laughs) Call us. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Don't call us. Perfect. All right, guys. Here's how true romance ends. So they are at... They have made it to the hotel room uh, to do the deal with Lee. He has security and they are already trying to pat everybody down. And Clarence is like, I'm not even going to hold you. I have a gun. Um, uh, And one of them is more, one of them has more lines than the other security guard, but his name's Boris. And he like is not with him and Lee or him and Lee are not in on the same accordance. Like they disagree about things. Um, but he wants to take the gun, but Lee's like, Lee finds out he has a gun when he meets him and he's like, Oh, that's fine. Don't be weird for us. Uh, so basically Lee doesn't believe Clarence because Clarence is acting weird. He's like putting too much sugar in his cup. Um, and you know, he's never met this guy, so he just doesn't know him. Um, meanwhile, the Italians make it to the hotel and I think they just look so funny because they are, wearing these like stiff suits like and they really came to do some action but in these like stiff business suits (laughs) like where are the nike sweats why okay so yes so basically the setup is we've got clarence doing the deal with lee trying to do this deal elliot's wearing the wire the italians are on their way and the cops are listening in for lee to say that he's buying the drugs um lee tries the coke he likes it uh, and Lee is like, but all this is too good to be true. You need to convince me that you are legit. So Lee takes Clarence outside to do the deal. But uh, now Elliot is too far away to hear the details and the cops cannot hear uh, uh, what they're saying. Um, but eventually 
Elliot gets close enough or like, I guess it, he has to like adjust it or something. It was like in his pants. <laughs> um, and once he adjusted it, then, you know, the cops are like, okay, they're on their way. So cops are on their way. Um, Alabama writes him like a note on a napkin that says you're so cool, which I think was, uh, it's either in the intro or in the outro of her narration. Um, and, uh, you know, they do the deal. Alabama's counting the money. Clarence goes to have a pee break and, you know, Elvis is there with them, you know, like patting him on the back for the good job he did. Um, cops bust in again. Clarence is nowhere to be found when uh, Alabama needs help. <laughs> Where are you? Uh, the cops bust in, and Boris's security guard is not backing down. He does, he does not like cops, a cab. And uh, Lee wants him to, though, because he's like, These are cops, we don't want to <laughs> die. Uh, and then the Italians are in the hallway and they bust in as well. So now we got a three way <laughs> bust, uh, which is again, he's. Uh, Tarantino's very good at tension. This is as tense as it could be. What if like three gangs were all fighting each other? <laughs> yes, I'm, the cops are a gang. So uh, yeah. everyone's saying, you know, put the guns down to each other. Um, Elliot is <laughs> okay. So as they're all like yelling at each other, Elliot takes and he didn't raise his hands. He gave himself away. If he didn't give himself away by not raising his hands, he gives himself away right now because he calls to one of the cops and he's like, hey, I'm just going to go because <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do with me. That's fine, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> totally giving himself away. It's like, if you weren't dead before, you're definitely dead now. You're so, you are so dumb. <laughs> you are so dumb. You look so dumb right now, Rihanna. Okay, like... <laughs> everybody's going to be mad at you. So yeah, Lee is pissed, right? Throws his drink on him. Um, and when he throws the drink, a cop shoots him. And that's when all the, all of it starts. Elliot is like riddled with bullets. Uh, the best friend in Alabama duck. I know the best friend gets out, but does he live? I think he does. He I think left. He, yeah, he had the most sense. He was like, oh, I have a 7 a.m. call back tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck this shit. I'm about to become a big time actor. Well, he got yeah. out. He got yeah, out. Uh, I'm going to be on Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Clarence, yeah, Clarence comes out and he gets shot in the, not in the eye, but like near his eye. I'm guessing it like grazes grazes his forehead or something, but he's out. He you know, he he falls to the ground, um, and Alabama crawls over to him. This is where Dick runs out, and there's that one cop left standing uh, at the end of all the carnage, um, and there's an Italian man. Oh, okay. So the one cop that's left standing, he ends up shooting Boris, who's like, "Yo, I need an ambulance," um, and Alabama shoots him because you know he shot. Her he shot yeah. Clarence, yeah. So he dies. So everybody in there is dead. And uh, downstairs, an Italian man, one of the one of the guys in the Italian gang, has a hostage, and so everybody's focused on him. Um, and Clarence wakes up, but he can't see because all of this blood is in his eye. And so now she, you know, it's a it's a reverse of the scene where he was walking her to the car. Now she's walking him to the car. They make it through because he's wearing her sunglasses, which is very cool. I like that. Uh, she drives to New Mexico. I, those are okay. Sorry, I wanted to. Yes, add tell a me. Fact. Those are also the same sunglasses that Uma Thurman wears in uh, Kill Bill. I love attention to detail like that. Yes, I, uh, he's a good filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- this isn't even his movie, but he. So those glasses were just. Those are the exact same glasses, or just the style? Mm-hmm. Exact oh same gosh. glasses. Yeah. Damn. Aww. Okay. So yeah, so 
they make it to Mexico and they have a baby named Elvis. It's very sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. Um, final thoughts on the movie? I mean, good. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's an, ex- it's an exciting movie. It's an exciting movie. A lot happens. Um, you're on the edge of your seat in the, in those final scenes. I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. I enjoy it too. Um, I love how like unrealistic the love story is yes. like, you know, meeting someone, having sex, falling in love, getting married the next day, spending the rest of your life together. Um, live hot, die young. Yeah. Tattoos, leopard print, all that. Um, I just, I think it's a really fun story. Um, I think it's a really good love story. Um, yeah. I'm all about that straight people shit when it comes to Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> and what do you think, Eddie? Yeah, no, I agree. It's nice to see uh, Tarantino trying to get into rom-coms. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I did enjoy it. He is a, like you said, he's a good filmmaker. He's a good filmmaker. You take it with a grain of salt. Um, you know, that's that. Uh, yeah. That was true romance, you guys. Um, please let us know what you think. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is Six Side Film Club. Gmail is Six Side Film Club at gmail.com. Before we get out of here, we're going to play a little game called Seven Degrees of Heaven. It's Annie's turn to terrorize us. She is going to <laughs> name a cast member and a random celebrity, and Dom and I have to connect them. Um, in seven degrees or less by uh, people that they've worked with or projects that they've worked on. Okay. Like you're probably like, you're probably going to get it right away, but that's okay. Right. It's my first one. Yes. <laughs> down, down. No cheating. Oh no. I was pulling something else up to show you guys later. <laughs> Let's see. Just on his phone. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Call me out. So again, you're probably going to get this right away. Christian Slater and Chadwick Boseman, Leighton Great, R.I.P. Oh my gosh! No, I have no idea how to get there. Holy I fuck! Okay, wait, 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 wait. I mean, the only thing I know Christian Slater from, other than this movie, is others uh, for me. I Robot. Or not, well, I that's Robot. Okay. Uh, Mr. Robot. What the fuck? Oh, I was like, I that's close. That's somewhere. <laughs> I gotta connect Will Smith to Chadwick Boseman. Okay, okay, wait. Okay, so Mr. Robot. Ooh, Mr. Robot? Mm-hmm. It's a TV show. Okay, Christian Slater is in Mr. Robot. Christian Slater is in Heathers with Winona Ryder, who dated Johnny Depp. I don't know how to get to Johnny Depp from Chad- to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, Christian Slater. Do you want a hint? Yes. yes. I, I kind of I kind of ruined it a little bit. That's why I was like, you're gonna get it right away with the friend stuff. Christian Slater's no. on friends. And also considering Slater your source, friends. I'm like a nerd. Christian Slater's on friends? No. Winona Ryder Winona Ryder's on friends. She's on an episode where she's gay. I know this. Oh yeah. <laughs> My episode. Uh Christian's okay, so I've never the seen connection is friends. friends. Oh no! Okay, Friends then I completely the did a disservice. No, 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 no. That's Boseman. totally fine. Totally fine. Chadwick Boseman knows. Oh man! Wait, wait, wait! <gasps> okay, Christian Slater is in this movie with Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is the white savior in Twelve Years a Slave, um, and also in oh, Twelve Years oh. a Slave is uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who of course is in 
Black Panther with Chadwick Boseman. Okay, that's not the route I took, but yeah. But oh my god! What is uh, your route, Eddie? I I did, I did Christian Slater's in this movie, and and the cop boyfriend of Phoebe, like I said, Ah. and then Phoebe dates um, Paul Rudd, and Paul Rudd's Ant Man. Okay, the Marvel Universe. Okay, 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 okay. Um, Yay! I feel good so job, Annie. Good. Hey, Shannon got <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Oh my oh, man! Sorry, I, love, I used friends then. I love puzzles. No, it's okay. No, it's we okay. got I'm there. Like, <laughs> I'm like the only person. In, well, no, not the only person. There's a lot of people, black people who haven't seen Friends. Yeah, we're um, living singles. I know, and Moesha. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And if you got all the way to the end, you are a trooper. Like, thank you for your support. Um, check out our Instagram and Twitter at Six Sad Film Club to find out what movie we're doing next. We kind of gave you a hint already. Actually, we told you already, but huh? definitely be tuned for that. That's coming soon, and we're so excited for it. We'll see you next time for another episode of Sick Sad. Don't go! <laughs> Woo! Yay!